I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. To start off with, to all of my new podcast subscribers and downloaders, thank you so much for listening to the wisdom of the animals that I'm honored to bring forth. And, of course, to all my current podcast subscribers and downloaders, thank you so much for your continued support. More than anything that humans can do at this point in time on the planet, gathering together an energy, even even if it's from distant parts of the globe, and through what we might think of as a passive action, such as listening to their voices, animals would say that this is by far the most powerful thing we can do for them. Because it means that there's a grand alignment, I'm hearing, not dissimilar to astrological planets and other star elements being aligned in the sky above all of us. I so appreciate all of you, and I'm confident that when you step into this alignment, so too do all of the species across this magical place we share with them appreciate you as well. And remember, when you step closer to this space of energy, more magical happenings occur on your path as well. So keep an eye out for those, both your third eye and the two on the front of your face as well. In the Animals Eye View Academy that I founded in 2020, birthed in the quite transitional energy of the pandemic, as it were, and looking back on the timing, so very appropriate, we begin talking in the first three months or so of the curriculum about what we call intuitive pings. And if you happen to have a favorite ping sound, (laughs) this is where you would insert that sound. It's meant to represent a resonance of vibration that occurs when your body's energy field alerts you to any variety of a channeled message coming from all parts of the universe that are meant to keep you on the best path for you at any given moment for however long you're likely to be here on earth. This energy in your waking life will usually be transmitted by yield nervous system and be felt as what we refer to as the gut instinct, goosebumps, the hair on the back of your neck rising up, which is not dissimilar perhaps to the hackles raising up on a dog or a cat. And it's meant to be an alert for you, so pay attention so that you can interpret this information of this kind coming in through your external nervous system. It's all meant to be helpful and certainly not harmful in any way. How you choose to respond to it, of course, is based on free will, which is an entirely different subject matter that we'll get around to at some point, I promise. 
Using your internal nervous system, you may see visions like behind your eyes. You might hear a word or a phrase in your inner ear coming from a voice that you know isn't yours, as well as what I call the radio song in your head. Usually the lyrics of a song are a good way for these channeled messages to come through. You might smell your grandmother's perfume or a favorite uncle's pipe as well. And just have a knowing about the authenticity of what you're knowing in any given moment. Like I said, we live on a magical planet and definitely in some magical physical forms. In your sleeping life, of course, these channeled messages come in the form of metaphors in your dreams. So that when you're driving, for instance, a lemon down the road in your dream, literally, while in your waking life, you're shopping for a new car, well, you can see the connection there. And so it was this past week, when I was thinking about writing my notes for this week's podcast, I started to shift away from the topic about the shamanic initiations camouflaged in human experience, thinking to myself, oh, Lisanne, this is a topic that's really interesting to you, and you see great value in it based on your practice, yada, yada, yada. And just as I was starting to develop other topic ideas, (laughs) What danced across my social media feed was a quote by none other than Carl Gustav Jung himself about, say it with me, initiations. <laughs> you know, when the universe hands you something like this on a silver platter, you can just as easily say, yeah, yeah, I know that's what you think, and you can make an alternative choice, as they say, Or you can lean into and towards this information with open hands and an open heart, knowing that what's being given to you is in your highest and best good, with the associated caveats, of course, given that we live on this magical planet of the balance of light and contrast to light. The quote by Jung was about initiation rites, per se, and their importance in integrating in my words, the energy of the initiation process as it is often camouflaged in the human experience so that we sometimes don't understand the significance of what's right in front of us, the transformation part of the initiation itself. So the quote is from Jung's book, Man and His Symbols, quote, but the rites do not offer this opportunity invariably or automatically. They relate to particular phases in the life of an individual or of a group, and unless they are properly understood and translated into a new way of life, the moment can pass. Initiation is, essentially, a process that begins with a rite of submission, followed by a period of containment, and then by a further rite of liberation. In this way, every individual can reconcile the conflicting elements of his personality. He can strike a balance that makes him truly human and truly the master of himself. Certainly with many of the mystics and other masters who have gone before us, it's important to remember that they too were in human experience at one point in time. And while there may be 40 to 50% resonance on my part with the foundational aspects of Jung's teaching, just like many others, I can certainly find that in that area of percentage, a jewel or three gives me a delightful ping. 
As we know, animals don't recognize or acknowledge the existence of a mind. They perceive that to be a concept, and so they wouldn't be able to vibe with id, ego, superego, consciousness, subconsciousness, and superconsciousness. They do understand the importance of cycles. After all, they say, we're all of us surrounded by the cycles of death, transition, and rebirth in all areas of the planet and in all areas of our experiences. For what purpose does mind supplant any of this cycle? Sometimes they can get a bit high-minded, and of course, as they're feeling the energy of Jung and his impact on our species, and by extension on all of their species, it stands to reason they would want to meet him and us in the space where he lives, so to speak. So for the purposes of proceeding with the rest of the podcast, we'll kind of merge the two concepts, or rather places of energy offered by Jung and the animals, and see what we can come up with that might in turn resonate with all of us. Because that's always what is best to go with, what resonates, what gives your physical form, your body, that any size from extra small to an extra large ping of the bell that says quietly, yes, this, this right here is my truth. This right here speaks to me and aligns with the energetic field of my body and soul combined. Because as the animals say, that's all that really matters. In our human experience on this planet of unity by way of partnership and balance with duality, The initiations camouflaged in human experience also come in extra small to extra large sizes. And truth be told, what feels like an extra small one to us might feel like a good size medium one to someone else. We are all here as individual beings and individual bodies that mirror the brilliance of our individual soul paths. It's a slippery slope indeed if you try to say to someone else, it's not that bad really what you're going through. I went through something similar and I got over it much faster. Because the awareness that is birthed in human experience of what is necessary for that soul path to evolve may look the same on the outside, but on the inside of it, there could be quite a difference. You might imagine that these situations, issues, and incidents that we all have aren't anything more than just that. One more thing we all have to get through, get over, or get on with. And yet, as Jung states by leaning into, and as an aside, truth be told, big fan of spelling and not a big fan of anything that resonates with our prey aspect as the word submission does, So I substitute leaning into these things that seem to happen to us. We can shift a bit to embrace what is happening for us, much in the same way that the aforementioned intuitive pings are happening for us. Because each of these shamanic initiations is paving the way for each of us to step more fully towards the center of ourselves, and as Jung says, more fully towards the mastery of ourselves in this human experience. And here's a newsflash. No one is here to be punished. This much I know for sure. And as well, I also know that each one of our soul paths, the design of these soul paths, are way above the pay grade of humans in our planetary experience. The purpose of these initiations might be seen through the 
Animal's Eye View, and the corresponding planetary cycle of death, transition, and rebirth. It's helpful to look underneath the camouflage of a certain situation in human experience, what we think we see on the surface, at any point, to see if you can identify what place you are at with the situation and, to a certain extent, where the situation itself is, because it's always good to match the energy of you and it together. A death might come, for instance, in the form of a relationship. And while these can be abrupt endings at time, I think most of us usually say in hindsight, oh, I felt this coming on for a while. Again, it's an energy thing. So in reality, the ending began perhaps a fair amount of time before the actual ending. And you may be about halfway through the ending part of the cycle. And it's important to realize that, as with all things energy, these components of the initiation phase, if you will, move and shift with each other. They're not really (laughs) as cut and dried as humans might (laughs) really like to think that they are, and, and we prefer. So if you're halfway through the ending cycle of a thing, it could very well be that the middle place of the transition energy has already made its presence known. For example... And we'll, we'll switch examples just to give you a full flavor. If you'd been unhappy with your job for a while and already put out feelers for another job, that would definitely be part of the ending space and the sudden termination, for whatever reason, of that job. And it is important not to get caught up in the whys or the hows or any other definer of the initiation if you can. So the transition phase of then being unemployed and without a job and a place to perhaps go to in the mornings and a whole change of routine and habit is pretty indicative of the transition space. Because in this space, the old energy, if you will, has ended and the new energy of rebirth hasn't yet come in, this time perhaps in the form of a new job and a new routine. I personally call the transition space ukiri. O-O-C-K-E-T-Y, <laughs> which is a technical term in energy parlance because it feels ookity. It's like you're a plant being repotted so that you've been pulled from a perfectly comfortable yet likely for whatever reason on your soul path too small of a pot that you've likely outgrown. There you are, delicate sweet you, <laughs> roots dangling in the air for all to see. Yes, quite ungrounding which to a certain extent is the purpose of the transition space. It is the birthplace of all the new energy and whatever forms are waiting to come in just for you, special ordered by the universe. So it's important that nothing is in solid form or feels like it's in solid form just yet. Surfing through the transition space and not taking anything too terribly seriously is the name of the game for this space. And and as you might now imagine, ookity just about sums it up. Because we want answers, dang it, about what just happened and why and how. And because we're also creatures of habit and comfort, we want to know what our next step is going to be and when is it going to appear and now, now, now. For sure, there might be initiations that just about take your breath away and you honestly feel like you are dying. And the life that you once knew before this issue or situation arose has died. 
and, well, you just don't know about anything anymore? I would say yes. This place right here is your new place of rest. This new place where nothing may feel familiar and yet going back isn't an option and moving forward isn't an option yet either. So, as you can, just rest. The new will be coming soon enough. Just as with the transition and death or ending places, the rebirth place might have started at any point in this situation. Just like with the ending space and knowing the relationship is winding down, you might have had thoughts of, well, I might be single again soon. What might that look like? And with the job and sending out feelers when your routine gets upended, the rebirth might decide to take a bit of a detour in the form of what you were doing before as a job just wasn't where you really wanted to be. And honestly, you just love it if you could build a new apiary design that perfectly matched the exact vibration of the honeybee in Southeast Asia, when your job before was as an accountant. This is where the powerful force of the transition space flows in to point you exactly in the right direction to gain the education and information that you need in order to bring this particular passion and gift of yours, pun intended, to fruition. The bottom line, as Jung said, it's a process. These initiations are camouflaged in human experience, yet nevertheless, they are most definitely meant to propel you further along the evolution of your soul path through awareness that brings endings, transitions, and rebirths over and over again throughout a lifetime. The key, I think, is to not beat yourself up if you miss a signal or two It will come around again because as the seasons change and we think it's standard operating procedure year after year, we can still be delighted with the head of a crocus emerging from the snow after a long winter. We can still thrill at the sight of the aspen grove quivering as they do together when the light dances through their golden glimmers and we can always choose to seize the initiations by the shoulders in a deep hug and say, yes, I am here for this transformation no matter where it takes me because I am all in this time around. And at least that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. Be sure to tune in in two weeks' time, where we'll have a message waiting from the Animal Ambassador Tarantula, who are on the road again, Willie Nelson style. This has been the Animals Eye View Podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.